0: So how about we give Jaden um, a big clap as he comes up onto the stage. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, church. How are you going this morning? Hey, I know we've already done this, but why don't you go find someone that you don't normally speak to and just go give them a big good day. How are you going? And uh, welcome to the church this morning. Cool. Do you like who you're sitting next to this morning? It's time to change if you if you want to. You've got to be careful about that in youth group because if you sit next to the wrong person, you're going to be stuck with their waft. So you've got to be really strategic about who you sit next to. But in, in church, we're a bit safer. In church, it's good. Everyone, everyone's a pretty safe option. Um, but this morning we're going to be uh, continuing our series called uh, A Touch of Heaven. And uh, as I was preparing this word and, you know, thinking and praying over the past couple of uh, weeks and months, um, I just came across this, this one psalm and really um, five verses in this one psalm that really stood out to me. And I thought in those five verses is really this... Um, encounter of God and this touch of heaven, uh, if, if, you, if you read into it, and if you look into it deeply. Um, but there's something I, I believe quite passionately about a touch of heaven, that it's not like a, a momentary thing. It's not this moment where we come into worship and the worship is a touch of heaven or, you know, we have this divine encounter and that's the touch of heaven that we're looking for. But I see a touch of heaven more as this ongoing journey that really sums up our life as we walk in relationship with God. That walk is a touch of heaven, and uh, I was in Sydney last week, and uh, we we're staying in the suburbs of Sydney. And there's not many trains and buses take forever, and so me and my friend decided we would Uber everywhere. And the thing about Uber is you get some interesting people um, come and come and be your driver, but I I quite enjoy it because you get to meet new people and um, and and hear their stories. But each time, like there's like this unwritten rule that if you sit in the front seat of the Uber, you're signing up to have a conversation for the whole ride. And so I always go for the front seat because I'm interested about who's driving me. So, you know, you start this conversation and you ask them a couple of questions. And as you ask them questions, I get more and more curious about who they are. And through this 30-minute journey, I'm finding out more and more about who my Uber driver is. There There was one guy who was literally a boat person who went to a detention center. And I thought that was crazy. And so he was telling me his story. And it's amazing how much you can learn about someone in a 30-minute drive that you've never met before and it gets to the end and you're a little bit sad to say goodbye, but you, you leave. But I, I see that as our relationship with God. It's, it's not a one-moment thing. It's like this journey where you ask questions and you get more intrigued and you're more curious. It's not a, a ritual or um, a set of boxes that you have to tick, but it's this journey and it, it's this two-way relationship. Um, and so this morning... Uh, I'm going to preach on A Touch of Heaven, but if you're taking notes for all the holy people out there, um, my message is on me, we, and G, uh, the three players in the Touch of Heaven. And if you, if you didn't get it, the G is God, and I needed it to rhyme, because I don't know, I like that. It's more catchy. <laughs> me, we, and G. Um, so I'm going to read this Psalm, Psalm 34. Um, if you've got your Bibles, read it with me. I'm going to be reading from the message, um, because I like the way it paraphrases it and um, looks deeper into the text. Psalm 34, we're going to read the whole chapter. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him, give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God and uh, God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens up doors to all his goodness. Young lions prowl young lions on the prowl get hungry but God seekers uh, are full of God come children listen closely I'll give you a lesson in, wo- in God worship who out there has a lust for life can't wait each day uh, to come upon beauty guard your tongue from profanity and no more lying through your teeth turn your back on sin do something good embrace peace and don't let it get away God keeps an eye on his friends, his ear pricks, his ears prick up uh, prick every pick sorry His ears pick up every morning and groan. God won't uh, put up with rebels he'll come cull them from the pack. Is anyone crying out for help? God is listening, ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, God will, uh, you'll find God right there if you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble. Still God is there every time. He is your bodyguard, shielding every bone. Not even a finger gets broken. The wicked commit slow suicide. They waste their lives hating the good. God pays for each slave's freedom. No one who runs to him loses out. Before we get started, let's just uh, just pray. Holy Spirit, God, I just pray that I would just be a vessel for your spirit today that the word on your heart would be communicated, God. Um, the word that you've been working through me. And uh, and Lord, I pray that as we leave this place today, that we would be confident that we can live a life that is a touch of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. A touch of heaven starts with a breath of praise. That's number one. Um, so I love summer, right? I really am excited for summer. It's next week. Is anyone with me? Anyone pumped up? Come on, we're allowed to get loud in church. Is anyone excited for summer, right? Yes, awesome. (laughs) I don't don't need to preach to you. You've already got the message. It's down pat. I love summer because I live at the beach in summer. Summer, like the beach is so good for a young person because anywhere you go as a young person, you have to pay. The beach is free, but not only that, WA is the best beaches in the world, so I'm often preaching about the beaches and and how much I want to be there. And if the weather was better right now, I'd be baptising someone at the beach. But hey, another day um, we'll get that done. But I surf sometimes. I got into surfing a lot last year. Um, I haven't picked it up this year because the weather's been bad. That's my excuse. Um, but last year I loved surfing. And um, there was this one time I went out, and I tell this story a bit because it's an awesome analogy. But I went out, and it was like good, a good set, so we went out there, it was five o'clock in the morning, uh, me and my friend, and, and we went out to this massive set at Trig Beach, and, um, you know, we're pretty amateur, so we were definitely punching above our weights with big, I had a big um, mini-mow, and it's like, it's a, it's a big board, like a six-foot-eight board, and probably a bit big for the waves, and, you know, we went out, and we started catching waves, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this massive, massive set comes And my friend is a bit more keen for the massive sets. He's a bit better than me as well. So he goes for it. And I thought, what the heck? I've got to try it. Like, how do you start on a big wave if you don't even try? So I went for this massive wave. It was about three meters high, um, three, four meters high. And it had a real barrel to it. Um, And so I'm paddling in, paddling in, trying to get up a lot of speed because there's a perfect window to stand up. And so I'm paddling into it. And as I'm going into it, I misjudge the window. And I stand up too late and my nose um, dives straight into the, like, water, but there's only, like, 50 centimetres of water because it's such a big wave, It sucked up all the water. And so my no- my, the nose of my board hits the sand, and I go flying over, and, uh, and I just get caught in this massive, like, washing machine whirlpool. Um, and so I'm spinning around for ages and ages and ages, and as I'm spinning around, you don't know which way is up, so you're just sort of, like, waiting it, waiting it out, to see like which way you float up to the surface. Hopefully you get to the surface. And so I get to the surface and uh, my board's pulling me back into the break zone. And as I pull my head up and gasp for air, you see this next big wave. It's, that was just the first wave of this whole set. And so this next big wave comes, pushes me down and I get dumped even harder and I'm down there and I've only had one breath and managed to float back up to the top and there's another wave and it just keeps on happening. So you got to, I was trying to fight through it Um, having about one breath for every 40 seconds and trying to like pull the board as well because the board is like, it floats and it drags you so I'm trying to get back out there. But there's something about that breath, that gasp of air um, in between the waves. And, uh, you know, good surfers know how to hold their breath. I'm not a good surfer. That really opened my eyes to how much of a small capacity my lungs have. But, you know, you see athletes on the bikes and they have all the tubes connected up. Uh, because they understand that what goes into your lungs is important. What what you fill your lungs with is important. And so they're analysing it and they're, and they're checking out how much oxygen you're using, how much CO2 you're emitting. What goes into your lungs is important. And so in Psalm 34, 1, we, we read this first bit. I bless the Lord every chance I get. My lungs expand with His praise. I live and breathe god what an awesome picture for how to live our lives that this idea that when we breathe our lungs are expanding with the praise of god you know i sometimes get stuck in this image of praise being the two upbeat songs at the start of the worship set and, uh, you know, we come into church and we've got to get people involved somehow. So we have this praise thing and we dance around. In youth group, it's even more confusing because youth group, everyone else is jumping up and down. And, and you're like, well, what does this have to do with God? And that's a good question. But really, I see that praise, that little praise session, that mosh pit, whatever you call it, at youth group or at church when we do the upbeat songs. That's just the after party to a week of praising God. That's just the coming together and celebrating praising God. See, praising God isn't, isn't, isn't this little moment. Much like our journey with God, praising with God is something that is more of an attitude. It's a lifestyle. And I think when the psalmist wrote this verse, he was saying, my lungs expand with his praise. That's a lifestyle. That's an attitude choice. You know, when we praise, we can't just limit it to a Sunday morning. But praise is in those quiet moments when we remember how good God is. I think of praise as this massive reset button on our soul, you know. We can walk around life and pick up all this baggage and all of these, all this pain and all of these like ne- negative thoughts, just living life in, in the world that we live it in. It's easy to, for that to like, just stick onto us and for us to carry that where we go. Um, that, that baggage, that heavy burden. But I, I believe when we, press, when we press the reset button, and we praise God and, and press into him. It strips us of that baggage and it refocuses our soul on to good things, like the psalmist says. My favorite album, or one of my favorite albums, is an album called uh, "Wonder" by Hillsong United. Does anyone anyone know the album? Like three people, awesome. Um, You should definitely listen to the album. But I I liked the album the first time I listened to it. It was like sort of okay, and then I heard the story behind the album. And this whole album is telling this story of a childlike wonder of God. A childlike awe and wonder. And the first song is this track called Wonder. And it's, and it's you know, if you listen to it without hearing the story, you could easily think it's just this contemporary song. But it's this song that's talking about all, it, all about the wonder of God and, and not losing that awe and wonder when you just walk through life and, and see how complex it is and how amazing it is and, and experience things that, um, that you wouldn't lose the wonder of God. And the track that messes me up the most is the track at the end uh, when the, the the leader of the band's son uh, has just sat through a message. And, um, and someone's asking him, what was the message about? And he's like, freedom? And, he, and the guy's like, what's freedom? And the, the, the little boy's like, well, I don't know, but it was also about love. And the guy's like, well, what's love? And he's like, love is love. And that simplicity of just awe and wonder of who God is. I reckon praise is just a childlike awe and wonder of who God is. You know, walking through the bush, or even just, I love walking through the city and thinking, well, God created man with the potential to build these massive skyscrapers, even if it is a concrete jungle. The complexities and the intricacies that we can create don't even measure up to what God's created, like... In our world, that's an incredible thought, a childlike awe and wonder of the things of God. You know, imagine what sort of people we would be as a, as a church, as a community of faith, as, as Christians, if we just went and spread that awe and wonder. Like, we wouldn't have to convince people that God exists by our attitude of praise and awe of everything who God is, would just spread like wildfire to other people. You know, the second most contagious emotion is awe. And it's what makes cat videos on YouTube so popular, you know? It's what makes the internet work. It's this, I've got to see that, that's that's why, has anyone heard of clickbait? It's like the little captions that really suck you in, you're like, I need to know that now. Uh, And you click on it and it's just an ad and doesn't tell you anything. The second most um, contagious emotion is awe, but the first most contagious emotion is actually anger. It's divisiveness. And the reason why anger is so contagious is because if I'm angry about something uh, and I tell you, you have a choice whether you're going to agree with me and also be angry or disagree with me and then get angry because I'm angry about something. And that's also why the internet is so dangerous is because on Facebook, it's just a whole bunch of people that are angry at each other and we've got all these issues in our democracy and in important issues because there's just so much divisiveness being spread throughout the internet. I think it's our responsibility as Christians to pull ourselves out of that and press the reset button and to take that fresh breath of praise. I bless the Lord every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. What would we look like if we lived and breathed God? What would this world look like if we lived and breathed in God? I know one of the biggest things that we try and go through working with young people is awesome. And working with young people, you get Christian young people who come to youth group and And really, they're just doing it because they're brought up. But there becomes this point where they get to decide whether they're going to continue with their parents' faith or they're going to, you know, choose a different path. It's it's one of the most important things we can do for for young people that are raised in a Christian family to try and bring them to their own revelation of who God is. If they're just living on their parents' revelation then that is a faulty faith. That's, never going, that's not the relationship that God intended with us. And so sometimes I think that we can get misguided living off someone else's breath. We can breathe in secondhand air and, and, and we can survive like that for a bit. That's when, we, when we have CPR, you, know, you breathe into someone's mouth but, and that brings them back to life, but you can't live off that. You need something deeper, something with more substance. And so young people, when they're coming up through our youth group, we're making sure that they have their own revelation. We're not convincing them with statistics or facts or figures. We're making sure that they know in their heart who their God is. And so when we're setting that reset button, what we're doing is we're We're reminding ourselves of everything God is to us. Everything God is to us. Come on, do you agree with that this morning? That's good. Awesome. And I've lost my train of thought, but I'll get there. Take a breath. (laughs) Nah, it's good. What are your lungs expanding with? Now, I think the thing about... um, Athletes and them going through that, that uh, measuring what they're breathing in, what they're breathing out. And, and surfers is they're expanding their lungs. They're expanding the capacity of their lungs because when you expand your lungs, each breath goes further. You're able to run for longer. You're able to, you know, the chemical processes work better and you're able to run faster and further if you expand your lungs. And so in your faith relationship. With God, Are you putting yourself in the position where you're forcing your lungs to expand? Surfers, they they go to a pool and they have a brick and they hold a brick to their chest and they see how long they can stay in the water. Are you putting yourself in a faith where you need to expand your praise? Or are you sitting in a comfortable spot where you don't need to use your lungs to their full potential? Expand your lungs with the praise of God. I think that's awesome. And if things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. All right, number two. A touch of heaven spreads in unity. The next part of that verse goes, if I can find it, it goes, together let's get the word out. Sorry, join me in spreading the news. Together let's get the word out. I, uh, I preach this message Um, actually I won't go there but in Genesis 2 it says the Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone I'll make him a suitable helper and I think the the crazy thing about that and the thing that that made me realise that one little verse in Genesis 2 is God's creating the earth and he's decided to make man and he's seen man and he's like you know man can't be alone is that even in your ideal form, even in a perfect world, in a sinless world, that we were not meant to go through it alone. In your ideal form, in the way that God intended you to be, you were called to unity. And uh, and so when we come together and when we unite as one, as, as, as we put aside our differences and decide to work together, that's actually a desire. Uh, a divine aspect of our identity. That's something that God created in us to be. That's that's where we're meant to be, is in unity. NASA's trying to go to Mars, or a lot of people are trying to go to Mars. And the biggest problem that NASA have, they they can send a person to Mars, but the biggest problem that's that's in their way is the fact that if they send one person up there, they're not going to survive for long. They've got all these technological advances to get, you know, a man to a crazy distance away to a whole other planet, maybe even inhabit that planet. But if one person goes alone, then that person's not going to survive because people need relationship. They They need togetherness. They need community. And in the same way, like each and every one of us, we need community. You know, we can only move toward God. When we move together, we can only move closer to God when we're pulling each other closer in unity. And I think the reason that makes that unity is so hard to achieve, the reason that it's not just like, all right, I'm going to decide to be united today, is because unity means that I don't always get what I want and you don't always get what you want. And I mean, I can't speak from personal experience, but people in marriages know exactly what that means because there's put two people in a house together and make them live together for the rest of their lives, there's going to be a level of compromise there where you can't always get what you want. If we're going to move together in unity, if we're going to decide that unity is more important than being right or being doing it my way or doing it the way that I saw it, then that means we're going to have to compromise on everything we thought you know, was going to happen. I was—I uh, had the privilege of doing some leadership training with Year Sixes this week. I just get and uh, you know, so much fun because you know we just get some marshmallows and some straws and do some team activities and talk about it afterwards. But these, uh we I got them in teams, right? And I gave them a set amount of materials and had about six teams of about eight kids and told them to build the tallest tower and they had to work together as a team to build the tallest tower and you'd get chocolate if you win. It's like a, an easy game, easy objective but the bigger picture was I wanted to see how these young people would work together as a team and, and what that team's role would play in how good the tower was. And there was one team that was we made sure that you know friends didn't go together. Everyone was spread out, and so we got this random team. We selected a team leader. There was this one team that really wanted, like, had awesome ideas, but they were just yelling at each other. They were like, you know, it was crazy. And we had this poor, really nice, um, you know, 11-year-old girl running the team, and there's these boys trying to yell over her and just like tr- trying to make this tower because the boys want to do it their way and. And she's just trying to be a good leader and, like, trying to get unity. And she doesn't even have an idea. She's just trying to get the best idea out. And then there's this, nother, this other team that the leader just stood up and said, all right, you go check out the other teams. You go spy. You go, like, <laughs> you three building it. Um, you, like, encouraging people. And, and so he's just dishing out all these jobs. And, and, and people had ideas. And he's like, all right, let's try this one first. And then we'll try that one. And then they try like three different ideas. And we did this activity two times. And that team clearly won both times. Like they built this massive tower. But I think like as simple in this childlike awe sort of sense, as simple as we can get it, that's what we're like sometimes when we, we, you know, want to go our way, even in our relationship with God. I think sometimes we come into it with too much head and not enough heart, you know? I think what if it wasn't about, what if this, this massive move that God was doing across the earth wasn't about um, doing the right thing and, 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 and doing it this way or, or anything like that, but it was actually just about us coming together. And I look, at, I look at how Jesus sums up all the laws in the Old Testament. And it comes down to two things, love God and love people. Jesus did all this teaching, but he said, if you take anything out of what I'm saying, it's love God and love people. And all of a sudden, everything else just sort of strips off our shoulders. The the burden is gone because we can achieve a good relationship with God if we love God and love others. I think in that psalm, there is no mistake in the language that the psalmists use. You know, we know our commission. We know our job. Go and make disciples of all nations. In, in this psalm, he says, join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. But it's not, go spread the news. It's not, you do this. It's together, let's do this. Let's come together as one body and let's do this. I love the culture of unity in the churches and the youth groups of WA. I went to Gold Coast this year um, with a bunch of youth pastors from mainly ACC, but all different denominations were, were represented there. And, uh, and all these youth pastors, we went and booked a, like a room together, an apartment together, and we stayed together and ate dinner together, and we all knew each other and had jokes and built relationships and then I went and talked to some other youth pastors from around different states. And, and I was really surprised to know that even though these states are you know, bigger, probably more well-funded in their churches, they've got more resources, that there wasn't the same sort of culture of community in the youth groups in Queensland and New South Wales and Victoria as there was in WA. There's a real strong bond of let's work together, let's share ideas, let's, let's see how we can build each other up. And I even love how in our local community, um, you know, Les Merti Baptist and Hillside, two great churches, do youth group different to us, but we've come together and we've said, you know what, that's our strength. The fact that we do it differently is our strength. That means we have the potential to cater for more young people because we've got each other. Um, and even in our churches, you know, we've got the church links um, that's been going on for, coming up to a milestone a year. How, how long is it? 10 years, 10 years of churches working together. I, I love that culture, and I think that's so close to the heart of God that we need to prioritize unity. It's our strength. Our diversification is our strength. Corporate teams will always say that a diverse team is a good team. They look to represent people because the more people with different gifts, the more gifts you're going to have across the board. That's why we've prioritized in our church um, or we've, we've made room for um, different worship styles. Last week we had old school worship with, with the My Redeemer Lives and the, and the Stones Being Rolled Away and, and fun songs like that that I grew up on. And, and we did hymn Sunday because there's so much power and, uh, in, the, in the lyrics of hymns. And we did a Youth Sunday a couple of weeks before that. And the reason we do that is because we're so passionate about being a unified, multi-generational church. And even though we've decided to go one direction with our worship, We still love and cater for and and really appreciate all different types of worship. And yeah. So, together, let's move together in unity and spread this, spread the news. You know, if we want to move anywhere as a church, it needs to be in unity. Number three. And uh, I think we'll come into a time of communion now. Number three is a touch of heaven results in freedom. Uh, In that psalm, verse five was, look at him. Sorry, no, number four was, God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. I'm going to read on. Look at him and give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste, open your eyes and see how good our God is. God is a God of freedom. Even the fact that we have the choice to come here this morning is a testament to God's heart for freedom. In Galatians 5.1, if we have it on the screens, it is for freedom that Christ has come and set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You know, a touch of heaven looks like a continual setting free. It's getting freer and freer each day as you walk closer to God. And, uh, you know, I got to call it, catch up with a lot of old friends yesterday, last night at a, at a party for one of my friends and um, people I haven't seen in a number of years and, and they've all gone their different ways. And You just get this like sense that they think Christianity is you have to live like this and you can't do this and you can't do this. But man, I feel more free than I imagine they would feel. I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm living free. And that's the God I serve, is a God that wants freedom from me. It's a God that wants to provide freedom through me to other people. And so if you're caught in a tight spot this morning, then press the reset button. Go back to a point of praise and see what God will do through that. You know, pull in your community. One of the one of the most important strategic Um, aspects of our youth ministry is that we are so we prioritize so much this relationship between other young people and leaders because you can't go through life alone Um, you know three is stronger than one that that bible verse there is talking about we can we can try and do it on our own but we're not going to get there that freedom comes and strength comes from uniting together So this morning, as the communion is handed out, um, yeah, we'll hand out the communion now. I'm going to read you this psalm from a Passion Translation because it's just like absolutely fire. And I read this out to a bunch of young people that were going through some tough times on Friday night. And it's titled, Out of the Depths. So as you're receiving communion, just let this wash over you. Lord, I cro- Sorry, Psalm 130, if you take if taking notes. There. Lord, I cry out to you out of the depths of my despair. Hear my voice, O God. Answer this prayer and hear my plea for mercy. Lord, if you measured us and marked us with our sins, who would ever have their prayers answered? But your forgiving love is what makes you so wonderful. No wonder you are loved and worshipped. This is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman longs for the morning light. I watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night, O Israel, Keep hoping, keep trusting and keep waiting on God for his tender heart kind and for his tender hearted, kind and forgiving. He has a thousand ways to set you free. He himself will redeem you. He will ransom you from the cruel slavery of your sins. You know, this morning, as we take communion, as we take it together, I just want you to sit there and and reflect and just take in some deep breaths. Some deep breaths and and just breathe in the goodness of God. And breathe out the burden of yesterday and the pain of yesterday. Just in this moment right now where you are, do some uh, some Christian meditating. <laughs> just as a symbol of breathing in the goodness of God. Breathing in a new breath, a fresh breath. God, I thank you for your immense love for us. I thank you that you don't only want relationship with us, God, but you want to build relationship through us. And Lord, I thank you that even right now as we're talking and as we're you know spreading knowledge, God, that you're working in hearts. Lord, I pray for a, for a church that is walking together in unity towards a touch of heaven, God, that it would be this ongoing journey that just spreads, not because we've got the stats or the figures or the the reasons or the arguments, God, but because we've got your heart. God, I pray that it will just spread throughout our community, that there will be this fresh hope, this fresh freedom, and that, God, it wouldn't end here. It wouldn't stop here. This would just be the epicenter for it, God, but it would just erupt from this place. God, I pray for those people right now who need a fresh breath. God, the baggage and the pain that we can pick up the attitudes that we can pick up, the things that sometimes we can't even control, God. I just pray for a fresh breath of your goodness, of your peace, of your freedom, God. Lord, that our breath would be used to praise you. Lord, as we eat and drink, God, I just pray that it would symbolize a fresh breath, a fresh day, a new start for us, God. And that each day we could get closer and closer to touching heaven, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat and drink, church. Hey, there is so much, or oh, set. sorry. My grandma, there are so many th- good things happening in our church. We had dedications, and we're up to 20 baptisms for the year. Um, that's nuts, that's crazy. Um, and we've got another baptism this morning. And so, if you just want to take your attention over there, um, yeah, we'll, uh, if they're ready, we'll uh, do the baptism as your cups are being collected. I know, I thought it was a song. Someone changed the plan on us. That's okay. So, it's okay. We've got plenty of time. Let's have a song. Why don't we stand and uh, sing a song Why I get wet? Sorry, I, I, I was the one that made that change as well. That's my bad. I chose this song because of the mo- the powerful lyrics in it. And because we talk about having a breath of God and the breath of praise. But, you know, in the most simplest form, this song is a breath of praise. So let's stand up together as your cup's being collected. And let's sing.